Welcome to the Multiply Your Success podcast, where each week we help growth-minded entrepreneurs and franchise leaders take the next step in their expansion journey. I'm your host, Tom Dufour, CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team. And as we open today, I'm wondering if there's anything you've been thinking about doing or talking about getting started for a while, but you haven't yet. Maybe starting a home repair, starting to write that book you've been wanting to for a while, or maybe starting a new business or franchising your business. If you're like me, there are many things, both big and small, that come to mind, such in my case as changing out a bunch of light bulbs around my house. Well, much of this idea of getting things started and going comes down to discipline. And discipline is a subject that's often not discussed in American culture, but it seems to be the difference between people achieving or not achieving their goals. And our guest today is Dr. Abby Medcalf, who shares with us five ways to have more discipline. And Abby is a relationship maven, psychologist, author, podcast host, and TEDx speaker who's helped thousands of people create happy, connected relationships. With over 30 years of experience and recently being featured in the New York Times, Abby's a recognized authority and sought-after speaker at organizations such as Google, Apple, AT&T, Kaiser, PG&E, American Airlines, and Chevron. And she's also the author of the number one best Amazon best-selling book, Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. So let's go ahead and jump into my interview with Abby Medcalf. Abby Medcalf, I'm a PhD, and my company is Abby Medcalf Thriving because that's all I'm about. And I am, I'm the owner of it. <laughs> it, it, is, it is me and some wonderful support staff. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, one of the things that stands out when we were first introduced together, I love this line that you're called a relationship maven. Yeah. And so that just stands out. It just catches your attention. But what does it mean? So I was thinking maybe we could just get started there and saying, okay, well, what does being a relationship maven mean? Sure. It, it's, you know, people always ask, what do you do? And, and it's so hard because I'm a psychologist and I'm a this and I'm a that and I'm an author and whatever, but really mavens, you know, I'm, I'm a nice Jewish girl from New York and a nice Jewish doctor from New York. There you go. And uh, mavens in Yiddish, you know, it's, it's someone with a deep understanding. That's really what it means. If you're a maven of something, you really know this topic well and it interests you and you just find it like exciting. And that's me with relationships. I worked in corporate for many years. I loved it there. I worked with executives. I loved it there. You know, and now I, I've sort of shifted and do the podcast and other things and do it there. I just, I love them at home. I love them at work. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, I talk, I'm the person talking to the, you know, guy at the deli counter, giving me my, you know, stuff I, I'm chatting away about their kids or something. I really love all that. Oh, that's so great. Well, and, and with that, one of the things that I was hoping we could talk about today and what, what really interested me in having you on the show is this concept of five ways to have more discipline. And so I'd love if you wouldn't mind just to talk through the five ways and what it means oh, yeah. and how, how they all interrelate together. Interrelate. Oh yeah. Well, and I, and we said it briefly before, so we know from the, and I'm always going to say, we know from the research and I'm happy to send you links to all the research. So you let me know and you can put them on your show notes. Yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd love that. that. If you, if so you send some over, we'll include it we in the will. show notes. So anyone listening, I'm going to have all your research for you because I'm a research junkie. I'm crazy with it. And so what we know is that 
when the key to your happiness and your success in all of your relationships is your ability to resist urges, okay, which is willpower, self-discipline, self-control, grit, whatever you want to call it, okay, it, that's what it is. So if you think about, well, I want to get more fit, well, you have to resist the urge to sit on your couch, right, <laughs> and not do something. If you want to eat healthy, you have to resist the urge for the donut. If you want to have a great relationship with your partner, you have to resist the urge to snap at them. There's everywhere you look, you want to be more productive, you have to resist the urge to be distracted and go on social media, right? No matter what topic I give you, that is at the center. So I talk about it a lot uh, on my podcast because uh, relationships are made easy because I'm all about making them easier. And people come in all the time saying, well, I just need to work on communication. And I was like, there's some building blocks you're missing, which is why communication isn't working. So for anyone listening who's having any trouble anywhere, to me, this is what it's all about. So the first thing I always talk about, which is my little bent on the research is this. We, you know, we know from most of it that willpower is an exhaustible resource, right? I think everybody, there's a Stanford study that says something a little different, but there's mostly the predominance is the preponderance of it is, you know, this is you, you wake up with the most you're going to have. And we all know what it feels like if we've had a crappy night's sleep, right? We don't feel like working out. We don't feel like eating well, you know, you wake up with the most you're going to have. So sleep, by the way, is your number one thing. If you want to have more discipline. And again, we, your prefrontal cortex works better. You're working less on emotion and more on rational thinking. So you need to get your butt to bed you need to go to sleep. So sleep is really the first one, even though I was going to make it the second one, but sleep is your first thing if you want that. And we know for adults, we need, uh, Daniel um, Kripke, his research shows, we need something like six and a half to seven and a half hours a night, you know, and everyone's a little different. Some people need more, some people need less, but it's about that. So go to bed, <laughs> go to bed, get your butt to bed. Well, and, and by the way, I think that's great because so many people tuning into this, they are entrepreneurs, they're high performing CEOs and leaders of organizations. And yep. I would venture to guess, uh, myself included, am not getting enough sleep uh, yep. or, or as much as I should be. Yep. And that you really will feel completely different. So I always say your day doesn't start when your alarm goes off. Your day starts when you set your alarm at night. That that is where your next day is starting. So if you can start thinking of it that way, you will change your life right there. So I'm now I'm getting enough sleep. I wake up my and we'll call them willpower units for today's conversation. Okay, like how many little units you wake up with of willpower, and so it's the highest first thing in the morning, and that's why most people decide their diet and decide they're going to do all these wonderful things all day. And then what are most people doing by about six o'clock at night? <laughs> yeah, right. You know. Oh yeah. Oh right? yeah, that's so right. We get home from work and we think, oh, it's it's let's even say you got home early. It's like, or if you work from home and you stop the computer, you know, shut off the computer at six and you're like, I don't go to bed till 11. I got five hours. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna clean the closet. I'm gonna talk to my kids. I'm gonna go for a walk. Yeah. And in about an hour, you're on the couch, binge watching something you shouldn't be and eating things you probably shouldn't be or drinking or whatever you do. And the reason is because, and this is really the big takeaway I think for today, is that it's not how much time is left in your day, it's how much mind you have left in your day. Because you have time. Time isn't your issue. Time is not most people's issue. It is how much mind you have, how much thinking you have, how much brain power you have left. And by six o'clock at night, we often have very little left. 
So when you're taking on something new, if you want to have more self-discipline and more control, you have to think about first, how do I shift this? How do I start making the shift? You right, little things. How do I start making the shift? And that is by thinking about what you can take off your plate or what resources you can add from outside your family. Most of us, we look to our partners, right? If we have a, you know, I'm always like, Gary, I need to, you know, if I can't do it, I look to him, right? You need to do this thing because I can't get it done. The problem is you're a shared battery with your partner. So when you give something to them, you're draining yourself. So it's, people say, take this off my plate. It's the same plate. You, 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 you're, you're moving around the mashed potatoes. There, there's no, there's no, so you have to look outside the couple. Hey, kid down the street, you know, I'll pay you 20 bucks a week, walk my dog, right? Or clean up the dog poop in the backyard if you're me, because I hated yelling at my kids to do that. So just let's hire someone, right? Uh, bring in any resource. If you don't have money, uh, mom of the kid, I barely know. Do you want to drive the kids to school on Monday and Wednesday? And I'll drive on Tuesday and Thursday. I just got two mornings, right? You are looking for ways to take things truly off the plate and things that you maybe think you have to have to do that you don't have to have to do. So either take things off completely off the shared collective family plate. Don't just look at your other members to do it or add resources from outside. And what happens when you do this is you have more bandwidth. You have now more emotional bandwidth to do the things you that are most, most important to you. And most important to you is not picking up the dog poop in the backyard. I'll tell you that right now for your life goals. I, I just, I don't think so anyway, <laughs> depending yeah. on what your goals are. <laughs> that That's right. right? Well, well, it's in, interesting with what you said there about the shared be, between your your husband or wife or your spouse, your your partner. I, I wonder, is do you see a tr- similar in the, the nuclear family? Do you see that transition or into business partnerships where there are business partners. I'd be curious your thoughts on that. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I just did a whole, (laughs) I just did a podcast episode on uh, couples who work together because I have so many, you know, people I work with who work together these days, especially, you know, we're all entrepreneurs. We're all doing our thing. Right. And yeah, always looking. That's what happens. I, we, cause we, and I used to work with executives uh, of multinationals and their assistants a lot and how they did that, right? Well, I can't do it. You got to do it. You know, you can, uh, and it can't, it, that's a marriage in and of itself, right? I know my assistant is my right hand and I can't always look like just keep dumping on her, right? It's who else can we hire to take this on? You know, how can we outsource this? What else can we delegate outside the business partners, and I know that again, money is tough sometimes in the beginning of a business, but like any business, I what I see mostly is that people don't allocate enough to the business, especially as entrepreneurs who don't have a brick and mortar. You know, if you get a brick and mortar, if I'm opening a bakery, I'm figuring out all the money I need to raise, right? To open this bakery. And I'm thinking of all those things. But when you have something that you're doing at home, people don't, I hear it all the time. I'm shocked. People really don't put think they're always looking to cut corners always looking to save money and what happens is you are not betting on yourself right i'm the best bet in town so i'm going to take out a loan on myself that i'm going to produce and i'm going to do amazing things every time why would i cut a corner there because i know my time is best used not in like in my when I was first starting the podcast, you know, it lost a lot of money in the beginning, you know, right? I was just paying out of pocket for this thing that I wanted mm-hmm. to help people and I was just doing, I was just paying little, you know, that it wasn't I but I knew 
because I'm not going to sit and I don't edit my podcast. I don't do anything. I, it all goes up. My, we have editors, we have people, we have people, right? My assistant, and even that, my assistant does all of that. I only talk to my assistant. That's it. My, my virtual online manager. She talks to all the other 50 people, only me to her. That's it. And I trust her to get the stuff done. So even there, right, we're outsourcing even beyond her. So we're not taxing just the two of us. And I'm not taxing myself by talking to 50 people, right? And saving money by not paying her because I'm not saving money. I'm not saving money in any, unless you're assuming you're not going to make any money, you're certainly not saving money. And so, you know, right away, and a little off topic, but I would say, go figure out what you want to charge an hour and what your time is worth. And then, you know, math that back (laughs) to what you should be doing in your business and not. But I will tell you for sure, yes, outsource, invest the money in yourself. I think that's a top priority. I know that was off topic, but. Yeah, no, I I appreciate that. Yeah. And I uh, lost track on which number we were on here (laughs) for the five. (laughs) <laughs> but we're I know we're in the middle somewhere. We're in the middle. So, <laughs> so we've got sleep. We have, you know, really understanding your kind of willpower units and how those work and that you're, you know, having your mind in the day, not your time. So, and when you're starting a new habit, you know, we know from Philippa Lali's research and most of the others that it takes an average of 66 days, right? So I always say three months. And the key that no one tells you is that when you're creating a new habit, it drains your willpower for a while until it becomes a habit, right? Getting yourself to the gym, getting yourself to eat healthy, getting yourself to whatever is initially going to drain your willpower. Now, once you make it a habit, you add to those willpower units, we'll call them, that you wake up with in the morning, right? So instead of waking up with 100 units, now I, I, now I eat well, I exercise every day, I'm meditating. Now I wake up with 150 to spend all day. So now at seven o'clock at night, I'm not exhausted because I've got money in the tank. I've I've got gas in the tank, right? I've got something left, which will also help your sleep because what do most people say? Well, this is my only me time. I need to be a vegetable. I need to hang out. I don't personally need that anymore because I do all the things I preach. So I'm not exhausted. I'm I'm moving. I'm doing. I'm having a great time. And then I get my butt to bed at at nine because I wake up at four. So I, I, cause I want to work out and I want to do the things that I need to do to be successful for me. So, and I'm not saying everyone needs to do that. And I did that incrementally, but that, you know, so I don't have to veg out all night watching TV. I, it doesn't, I don't need it anymore. And I used to. So, <laughs> so your sleep, your, the one new habit at a time, one new habit at a time. That is really what you want to be doing and thinking of how much mind is in your day and then building the willpower to get more habits. Regular exercise. I hated learning this. I I want sitting on my couch eating Oreos to be how I develop more discipline, but apparently that's not correct. And I've tried it and it doesn't work. So really, we know that regular exercise, again, really helps build the willpower muscle, really, because we know that it's kind of a muscle and really will help you long term wake up with more of those willpower units to spend during the day, because that's always what you're trying to do, right, in some shape, manner, way or form. Uh, Improving your food, again, it's just from the research, it's so crazy. You think like, really, food, sleep, and exercise? But yes, food, sleep, and exercise (laughs) are absolutely needed. And when you, again, we know that when you're eating kind of junkier food, you make more emotional decisions. 
And again, that does not bode well for having discipline. That bodes well for having short-term gratification and (laughs) what I want now and wanting more of it. And most of us know what that's like if you sort of wake up and don't, maybe you don't work out first thing and then you start eating kind of poorly because you haven't worked out. So why not? And then how that kind of snowballs throughout the day. And even as you try to stop it, it gets really difficult, right? So you really, you want to, you know, back that train up and really think about first things first and the day. And I talk a lot about positive momentum. So if I have a car on top of a, a big hill and it starts to roll, but I don't want it to, Do I want to run to the bottom of the hill to stop it? Or do I want to stay at the top as close as I can and keep it up on top of the hill? And it's not a trick question. It's obvious, right? That's we want to stay at the top of the hill. But people don't do this. They wake out of bed. Here's my favorite. You hit the snooze alarm. Worst thing you could be doing. We know it creates uh, sleep inertia, sleep grogginess. You're more tired later if you hit the snooze. Tons of research on this. It's the first thing I have everyone do is it's also your first frigging commitment to yourself of the day and you've you didn't keep it. So why would I bother keeping any other commitment? And then my alarm goes off and my first thoughts are not enough. Didn't get enough sleep. I'm so tired. I didn't get enough. And you can't start your day with not enough. You you can't start your day with not enough and think it's going to be a great day. So I get up at 420 actually, because I think it's funny because it's like the pop thing. <laughs> so I find it amusing and I'm in recovery. So I, I find it amusing. So I'm giggling every morning when I first wake up. But I look at positive momentum right there. And we know there's research out of, uh, most of this is uh, tier, uh, tier Germany, University in G- Germany. We know that we wait uh, adrenaline. It's terrible, but that's the way our bodies are built, right? So you want to counteract that right away and not get caught up in that. So taking that moment to have a deep, nice, deep breath, turn on that vagus nerve, you know, Bring your attention to something positive in the room, but stay on top of your momentum because most people don't and they just fly out of bed and they fly and they're all on autopilot all day and they get to the end of the day and not even the end, they get to six o'clock and they crash, right? So you, you, of course, it's too late then to make a healthy decision, frankly, <laughs> making crappy ones all day. Your best bet is to have some Oreos and go to bed because and start again tomorrow. You know what I mean? Just go to bed on time. That's your best bet right then. Stop trying to kill yourself. You know, just go to sleep. Just go to sleep, reset, wake up and do it again and do it better today, right? And with all of these habits, all these ways with discipline, you want to think often about incremental changes. Incrementally, it's almost like, you know, nothing to see here. You don't want your brain getting worried. (laughs) It's like nothing to see here. Move along. We're not changing any habits. Uh, I had BJ Fogg on the podcast uh, last year taught his book, tiny habits is amazing. Great research. And, uh, you know, that's what you want to think about little tiny habits. You can start to build within these, right? So I didn't start waking up at four in the morning, four twenty in the morning. I started at, you know, a half hour before my regular wake up time. And I kept moving it back. Do you know what I mean? Over time, I, I slowly got there. I didn't panic my system, but that's what people do. If you're going to start working out, don't join a boot camp if you haven't been working out for a year. Like, just stop that. Just if you need to want to start exercising, take a walk after dinner. Just start there. Have a nice walk after dinner. And once you get good at that, try one more. If maybe go from 10 minutes to 15 minutes, maybe walk faster, maybe, right? You know, just little increments we know are really what gets you there. 
not because we, it doesn't worry the brain because your brain hates change, doesn't, hates uncertainty. You have a whole part of your brain, your locus ceruleus. It's a whole job is to look for uncertainty and ambiguity. It hates it. So just don't do it. Just little tiny things, little small things that get you there. And then the last piece is really, you got to learn to manage your stress better. You, you have to learn to manage your stress better. And there, I mean, if you just want to look at the research, meditation and mindfulness, I don't know what to say been teaching it for years to the executives I work with. We always called it attention training before um, because, you know, you couldn't say mindfulness 20 years ago to people, they'd freak out. Uh, So you said, we're doing attention training. Oh, I want to train my attention. Well, good. But that's the things it'll give you. So, so those are your, your big five. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I, I, I love these five. Thank you for that. And this is a great time just to make a transition, I love this transition point. It's very natural for us. Just to ask you the same questions that we ask every guest before they go. Uh, and the first question is, uh, have you had a miss or two in your career and something you've learned from it? Oh, my God. I think I've had more misses, I think, than hits. I'll tell you that. And uh, But I think, you know, my biggest one was really, and it's really before kind of as my career was starting, but I'm a recovering heroin addict. So you want to talk about a big miss. It is, you know, being an addict and thinking that I could create a great life from that and, you know, using too much and thinking that that was going to work. And obviously it does, it does not. So I think I had like a decade of miss there um, (laughs) and, and being sort of uh, behind things and, and then having poor boundaries in the beginning of my career. And, you know, saying yes to too much, always wanting to please, always wanting to, you know, I, I was only as good as my last yes. And ha- learning to say no, uh, which probably gets us to the next thing, but learning to say no became very, really huge. And for my self-respect, for other people respecting me, but my biggest miss was saying yes, way too much for way too long. Oh yeah. I relate to that for sure. Well, let's, let's talk about a make or two. <laughs> I've had a lot of good ones there. You know, I think the make is often about um, going for it. Do you know what I mean? Like being bold and just saying yes. And I and I think of many years ago now, I was um, an intern at Hewlett Packard and um, my PhD is in organizational psychology. So, you know, I was doing that and uh, I'm in recovery and somebody knew. And so, and I was like, and I was nobody, I was brand new. I was there maybe, a, I, don't, I didn't work there very long. I think I was there three months. And one guy said to me, Hey, uh, aren't you Metcalf? Aren't you in recovery? You know, don't you know about drugs? And I said, yeah, I know about drugs. And he goes, they had an executive who had a, a drug problem. And he said, um, well, you've done that before, right? You've worked with executives with drug problems. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> the answer, of course, was no, I've never, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm I'm an intern. I'm starting that. And I had had the work experience before, but, um, and I just went with my instincts. I was like, I'm going to be really good at that. That's something I can really do. And it became a niche for many years for me and a lot of money and success from that niche. So that was, I think, one of the bigger ways of just, just going for things and trusting your trusting my gut um, has been a, a lot of my wins. Oh yeah, that's that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And let's talk about a, a multiplier or two or three uh, that you've used <laughs> in in growing, whether it's yourself, uh, your career, uh, anything you'd like to share there. 
Yeah. I mean, for me, the biggest game changer um, has been meditation without a doubt, without a doubt. And I've been meditating. I was meditating before it was cool when we were doing mindfulness before it was cool. Now I'm like, so it's kind of good for me. I've, I've been sort of ahead of this curve, which has been really nice, but um, I've been meditating for gosh, 25 years now. And it is the game changer as far as I am very energetic. You know, I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of creativity. I've, I'm a lot <laughs> and meditation has helped me streamline that without a doubt. And I do want to say 15 minutes is all you need to do. That's all I do. You do not have to do hours and hours of meditation. If you want to, you can, but we're, we're meant to be in this world here. We're not meant to be sitting on a, a rock somewhere for, for hours a day. I don't think, you know, some people do that. That's great, but that's not how I want to live. And 15 minutes, the research shows it's all you need. It's all you need. So make that, I would say it's the biggest one I've had. And then coaching, asking for help. Never. I, I just hired an old coach again, like to do, I'm doing, I'm going to start a membership in January. I was like, oh, let me get a coach to help me through that a little bit, you know? So yeah, I kind of, I know how to do it. You know, I know all the things, but I love having that support. I love having the accountability. I know what works best for me and getting help and getting that kind of help. I would highly, highly, highly recommend thinking we can just do it all on our own gets us in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Finding, finding great people to help and all areas, right? I, I think yep. it's great. Yep. Uh, yep. Well, Abby, the final question we ask every guest before they go is what does success mean to you? Yeah. This, I, I talk about this one all the time, so it's easy, but I always say there's two things. It's joy, joy and growth. So anything that brings me those two things is successful for me, whatever it is, doesn't matter. So joy and growth. We're me- we're here. We're meant to be joyful. And I'm sorry to all the entrepreneurs look- listening who are not feeling joyful. Yes, you are meant to have joy in your life all the time. And I use that all that always for whatever I do in my business because I get offered lots of stuff. Right now, the podcast is big, and the book, you know, Amazon number one bestseller, blah blah blah, all the things I get offered. You know, sponsors, all kinds of things all the time, and I always put them through that filter. Is it going to bring me joy to do it? And am I going to have growth? Am I going to grow as a human in some way from this in my business and my personal life? What's it going to do? Because I'm always looking to do that because I know success always is a part of that every time. And I added the joy filter. It used to just be growth way back. And then I added the joy filter about 15 years ago going, what am I doing? Like, why am I? And because then I would be miserable at something. I'd say yes to something I didn't really feel and I would then not be good at it and it wouldn't go well. You know what I mean? Or worse, it would go well somehow and I would hate it. And I'd be then stuck in something that I didn't like that was going well. And the one thing I do that everybody can do is listening is when an idea gets said to me, or if I even think of one, I just sit for one second, I close my eyes and I, I, I do a very immediate check. Do I feel energized by this idea or enervated, drained by this idea? And I'm telling you, it's correct, like 99.9% of the time. That is, oh, that's my answer. I can just feel how I feel when someone says something like, oh, you need to do more social media, do it this way. And I'm like, oh, I, it's not my, it's not my bag, you know, and I can feel my energy drain. It's like, nope, I know everyone says you have to have success. It's the only way to do it. It's the only thing. And don't listen to those people because I've got great success and I really don't have a big social media following. Abby, one of the things I'd love for you to share before you go here is just to talk about 
your book and some of the things you're doing. So how can people find out more about you, get uh, read more from what you're, you're producing, listen to your podcast, uh, share some resources? Sure, yeah. So my website is really where everything lives, which I'm sure you'll link to, but it's Abby Medcalf, A-B-B-Y-M-E-D-C-A-L-F.com, Abby Medcalf.com. And everything is there. So the podcast is everywhere. Relationships made easy. So you can find that obviously on Spotify or any of the places you get podcasts. Um, and my, you can buy the book there or on Amazon. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. <laughs> and uh, I have a book coming out later in early in 2023, uh, uh, Boundaries Made Easy, it's called. So I'm sort of doing the made easy thing and a membership is starting. But on my website, on the shop page for anyone who's interested, you don't have to shop, you don't have to spend a penny, you don't have to put in a credit card. I'm not, I'm never sleazy. I hate sleazy. But what there is, is there's a free meditation starter kit and a free mindfulness starter kit. And again, you you don't have to put, it's, it's, it's on the shop page, but it's, it really is completely free. There's no weird emails. You, you won't get 50 emails after, you won't, nothing. It's not a funnel. It doesn't go anywhere. It is just meant to be helpful. And so I really always want people to, have something they can walk away with to dip their toe in the water. And then, and then, yeah, of course, if you really like meditation, I have a thing you can buy. And if you really like it, yeah, sure you can, but you absolutely don't have to. As we bring this to a close, is there anything you are hoping to say or share that you haven't had a chance to yet? I think this idea of really understanding ourselves and not, and knowing what we're good at and what we're not. And if you've tried to do things before and they haven't worked and you have been saying every day, you promise yourself you're going to do X, Y, or Z tomorrow is to really stop and really think about your word. When you commit to something, when you say to yourself, and I don't care who's listening, just yourself is the most important person. If you say you're going to do something, it's really important to do it. So take things off the list that you say you're going to do. Start again, small. Start with that one thing. Don't hit the snooze anymore. You say you're going to get up at 5.30, get up at friggin' 5.30 or set your alarm for six. Do not do anything in between. That's what I'm talking about. If you say you're going to eat breakfast every day, eat breakfast. Make sure you have breakfast, even if it's like a cheese stick. I don't care. If you said you're going to, you know, maybe don't get all involved in the healthy breakfast and the steel cut oats and I have to cook them for 12 hours and all the rest of that. Just, I'm going to start by having breakfast. And after a while of having something, this habit of eating something every day and making time for that, maybe I'll have a little more time to do something. I'll make an egg. <laughs> maybe I'll, you know what I mean? Just, just incremental changes, but know yourself. And when you commit to something, when you say something to yourself that you're going to do, do it because that is really how you start building your true self-confidence and your self-esteem. Abby, thank you so much for a fantastic interview. And let's go ahead and jump into today's three key takeaways. So takeaway number one is when Abby said, it's not how much time you have left in the day, it's how much mind you have left in the day. And she was really speaking to this idea of willpower, and which leads us to takeaway number two, where she said, think about willpower and how you can improve it. And, and these are the five ways to improve discipline, increase willpower. She said sleep, regular exercise, what you eat, get positive momentum, and manage your stress better. All of these things go into it. So think about these topics she talked about. Takeaway number three is to think about making incremental changes or little tiny adjustments 
to accomplishing or achieving those goals. For example, she said, if you want to wake up at five in the morning and you're currently waking up at seven in the morning, start by waking up maybe 30 minutes earlier. Or if you want to start exercising more, go for a walk. And she uh, was talking about these small things you can do, and she referenced the book Atomic Habits. It also made me think of The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy as well as a similar concept. And now it's time for today's win-win. So today's win-win is when Abby talked about the key to happiness in your relationships is your ability to resist urges. And that, she said, can be will, described as willpower, self-control, grit, and so on. And she said one of the best ways, and she closed the interview with this, I loved how she said this. She said, when you say something to yourself to commit to getting it done, that's how you build confidence. And being able to do that improves the relationships you have with all of the people in your lives, with your spouse, with your business partners, the people you work with, your customers, and so on. And so that's the episode today, folks. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. And remember, if you or anyone you know might be ready to franchise their business or take their franchise company to the next level, please connect with us at BigSkyFranchiseTeam.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you back next week.